Happy Easter. Easter. The Lord is risen as he promised. Alleluia, alleluia. I don't know how to respond to that, huh? (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Dear friends, the church teaches that the Easter vigil, uh, what we're gathered here doing right now, is the greatest and most noble of all solemnities. That's a strong statement. Is the Easter vigil even greater than Christmas? Yes. And that's probably why all of you are here tonight, even though it's late, even though uh, you expect that this liturgy is going to be longer than your typical Mass. Yeah, you're here because it's the greatest of all liturgies. But how come? Why? It's because of the centrality, the importance of the resurrection to our faith. Without it, all preaching, all our preaching, all the preaching for the past 2,000 years would be rubbish. This is paraphrasing St. Paul. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, he would be remembered as a lunatic, or a liar. If he didn't rise from the dead, he might not have been remembered at all, forgotten by history as a crazy religious fanatic. On Good Friday, Jesus died in order to defeat death. Today, he rose so that we can share in his risen life. He died and rose for us out of love for us. And today we sing in joyful exaltation, Alleluia. Right? We sang it for the first time since Lent began. It should have been, should have been sang with great gusto, an explosion from our hearts with great joy. That word Alleluia, it means praise the Lord. It's also an expression of our joy in the resurrection. If by any chance you've lost the energy and the joy behind singing, behind saying that word, Alleluia, and it's possible because, you know, we we say it, we use it all the time. But if you've, yeah, lost that, that fervor, the specialness of that word, think about a kid, a child who hears Ho, 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 during Christmas, right? Think about as a child, as, a, as, a, as an innocent child, hearing that, that phrase, that, those words from Santa Claus, right? The child is filled with, with joy and excitement because they're about to receive uh, their gift. Now, multiply that feeling by 2,000. And that's how we should be exalting the Alleluia, especially on tonight. Because with the Easter Alleluia, we should have, it should contain within it the joy and excitement from the gift of new life in Christ. What other reason is there why this Easter vigil is the greatest solemnity? 
Well, we have three sacraments being celebrated tonight, right? Not only Eucharist, but baptism and confirmation. Joining us, we have our uh, four catechumens who have been preparing very hard over the past year. Christine, Jennifer, Dominic, Paul. It's a great honor, joy, and privilege to be able to, to have the opportunity to welcome you into the fold. All right, so let me ask our catechumens, what's a sacrament? I bet you didn't know there was gonna be a pop quiz tonight. I know you've been studying hard. What's a sacrament? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand, just, just say it out loud. Uh, you know, they're very nervous. It, it, it's okay, to, um, it, it's my first Easter vigil. Uh, I'm nervous too. It's a visible sign, the classic definition, a visible sign of an invisible grace. It's an outward sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. And this liturgy, this Easter vigil, it is full of signs. And we need all our five senses to soak it all in. Start with, uh, talk a little bit about light, right? This sign of light, this is how we started. Right? It was powerfully, dramatically displayed for us. So we passed from the darkness of Good Friday to the light, to the light of Christ right now. And I'll never forget my experience. It was about six summers ago. I visited the Nazi concentration camp in Auschwitz. Um, it's kind of a, a modern Calvary of our time, an epicenter of evil. And I'll never forget like, my, my, like the feelings that I went through as I, as I toured the facilities. Um, there was a palpable coldness, right? a, a darkness to the place. And I started you know, getting sick to my stomach. How could human beings do such horrible things to other people? Um, but then, you know, the strangest thing happened. As I approached and as I saw the cell where St. Maximilian Kolbe died, in that darkness, in that coldness, there was a warmth, there was a light. You know, there's three, there are three candles there in his, in his cell. And where did that come from? Right, it was from the light of Christ, the love of Christ that could not be extinguished. If you remember St. Maximilian Kolbe, he was a Franciscan, he was a Catholic priest who volunteered himself to be executed instead of a Jewish prisoner who had a family. You see, St. Maximilian Kolbe, he wasn't afraid of death. He was so rooted in his Christian identity. 
At his core, he believed in the resurrection. He knew that Christ defeated death already so that he didn't have to fear it. Christ is the light of the world and we Christians are called to shine his light through our lives, even in the midst of great evil and darkness. Dear friends, we're called to be Christ's light in the world, but also to spread his sweet fragrance to all we encounter. And I mentioned that, um, that sense of smell, fragrance, because that's gonna be another sign that our catechumens are going to be able to, to smell, right? Because the chrism oil, the sacred oil to be used to anoint their foreheads at the moment of their confirmation, it's very aromatic, right? But it smells, it's very fragrant for a reason, to remind us that we should spread the fragrant of, fragrance of Christ to all around us. There are so many other signs. I'll just um, mention a few others briefly. You know, we used incense, right? And incense, that smoke, uh, it, it follows our ancient tradition. It represents the prayers of the faithful, our prayers rising up to God. What else do we have? Of course, in the sacrament of baptism, we have water, right? It's a sign of at the moment of our baptism, when we're cleansed, we're purified by the waters of baptism. And of course, we have in the Eucharist bread and wine. But these are, a most, these are most special signs for us because at the moment of consecration, they actually and substantially become the body and blood of Christ, body and blood of Christ, the Eucharist. Lastly, with our sense of sight, uh, we'll see in this liturgy, we see now the color white, right? The priest's, deacon's vestments, but also our catechumens, after they're baptized, they're gonna put on white garments, white robe, white robes. We all did. Uh, when we were baptized. But also we see the color white in our gospel, right? Did you miss it? Well, we're told that a mysterious man dressed in white. On entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side clothed in a white robe. And he's not just a random figure. The evangelist Mark, he wants to point us to something very important. This is not the first time that this young man makes an appearance in the gospel. So earlier back on Good Friday, at Jesus' arrest, this is what we hear from Mark's gospel. Now a young man following him wearing nothing but a linen cloth about his body. They seized him, but he left the cloth behind and ran off naked. The same young man. In the ancient world and in Christian symbolism, clothing was a symbol of a person's identity. 
So you see where I'm going with this? When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, the young man, he left his clothes. He left his identity in Christ behind because he was afraid of, be- of being arrested and being put to death. In this gospel, now we're told that the young man is sitting in the tomb where Jesus' body was laid, wearing a white robe. The white robe is a symbol of the Christian's baptismal garment. The young man represents for us a baptized Christian, a disciple who not only died and was buried with Christ, but also shares in his glorious resurrection. The young man is no longer afraid of rejection, no longer afraid of persecution and association with Christ. Do not be afraid. You know, this is the most frequent exhortation, word of encouragement in the Bible. God wants to communicate, God communicates us to us in the Bible all throughout the ages, New Te- Old Testament, New Testament. And this is what he communicates to his people most often. Do not be afraid. As Christians who are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, we don't have to be afraid of anything, especially death. We've already died in Christ, who conquered and triumphed over death. With conviction, then, we must say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Dear friends, during this Easter vigil, let's seize the opportunity to open our senses. Let's see, hear, touch, smell, taste, all the sacred signs that are right here before us and use them to renew and strengthen our hope in the resurrection.